2: Boogie well, hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too bad. No, fun. I was Roll. Wrong. Uh, wrong. No, 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 why no, why no, they they no. <laughs>
1: if the Bucks do win it all, Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there. Welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, probably a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the Eurostep Podcast Network. I am one of your hosts, Ty Winnish, and I am joined as always by the, I'm trying to think of a good football adjective. The gym rat Rohan Cadi. We're going with a cross-racial comp to start. Rohan, how's it going? I'm feeling <laughs> well. Does that count? I feel like that's a cross because I feel like that's we all know what gym rat usually means. But let's let's make it let's let's really make it mean a gym rat. You're a gym rat, Rohan. You're locked yeah, in the gym.
2: Yep. Let's. Oh, uh, this is this is good. Uh, are we off doing the rails well. here? Is this what
1: happens when we don't record enough in the off season?
2: <laughs> this is off season. This is peak off season intro right here. Yeah. But I am doing well, Ty. Uh, we've got uh, we've got a lot of fun stuff around the corner. We have, of course, Eurobasket is in full swing, yeah. and we are going to be talking about that here on this very podcast. Yeah. Milwaukee Brewers are doing Brewers things. Oh, so we're talking about fun stuff. I'm saying they're doing things. I didn't say anything
1: about You it. said yeah. Brewer's things, which is not, not all that fun of late. They did win their hey, last game.
2: I think that's the best that's the best that I can do right now. Yeah, yeah. But that's... they are still firmly in the mix for a wild card spot. And
1: they, what do you why are you laughing? They are Just firmly in the mix. I don't know if you can firmly be currently outside of the wild card. That's not very firm.
2: They're in the mix for a wild card spot. Uh what are they, two? Two teams? games out,
1: I think, still, yeah.
2: As we record this uh, here on Tuesday? Yep.
1: Tuesday? yep, Tuesday evening. I won't even yell at you for not knowing the day because of Labor Day. It's a short week. I totally understand and emphasize with you.
2: Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, but, yeah, the Brewers are doing Brewers things, like I mentioned, and you can check out all of that on Cruising for a Bruising. Our hosts Adam McGee and Andrew Snyder have you guys covered for all things Milwaukee Brewers as they enter the stretch run. And also, Ty, football starts this week. You mentioned that you wanted to use a football adjective because we have talk of the Tundra GSPN's Green Bay Packers podcast. Uh, you and Mock so far have been doing a great job. You, Mock, and Andrew actually on your last podcast went through all, all the over-unders uh, in the NFL, just giving a league-wide perspective. And that, I listened to that, and that honestly helped me a lot because I'm someone who's like, I, I, I know what's going around, uh, around the Packers for most part, obviously not as much as like Mock or you, for instance, but I, I like to think I know what's going on, but the general NFL is something I struggled with, but that podcast actually really, really helped me get ready for this NFL season, which is going to kick off this week on Thursday, and the Packers do not play their first game until Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings, so make sure you check out Talk of the Tundra.
1: Well, thank you. I'm glad that you thought so. But now that we got the plugs out of the way, you can head over to gspn.info, check out all of our content. Also, on the pop culture side, Adam and Andrew talking about Lord of the Rings, the rehearsal. A lot of great content there as well on Make Time for this. So gspn.info to find out all those pods. But let's dive into the real cream of the crop for summer sports. Eurobasket, we're in full swing and Greece despite there still being a game day left, I think for all the groups, at least for Greece's group C. Every group. Every every group has one left. Thank you. Greece has clinched the top spot by beating the undefeated before earlier today, Ukraine, who really in the first half beat Greece. I mean, in the first half of the game, they were up, I think, six or seven at halftime. The Ukrainian team was really balling out. A real team effort, although they do have... I just told you before, it was Alex Len and Svima Hyluk, I think other NBAers on the Ukrainian Correct. team. Um, also, yeah, that, that I remember now because they're the two players who came together to make a statement when the Ukraine was invaded. So shout out to those two playing for their home country right now and balling out at the aforementioned 3-0 record, now 3-1. and Ukraine is on to the next round no matter what happens on the next game day for Group C. But in the second half, Greece and mostly honest – Took over. They end up winning by 20 despite being down by seven at halftime. So Greece pulled it together. Giannis drops a career high in international ball, of course, 41 points. Do you know the last player to score 41 points or more in Eurobasket?
2: I do, but I'll let you say it anyway. Yeah, no, you can say it if you know. Go ahead. It's Dirk Nowitzki with 43 in 2001.
1: It is indeed. So it is for a guy you can't score – against congested paint. Kind of weird. He's able to score more than anybody had in 21 years, huh?
2: I, it's it's wild. It's crazy. Just imagine if he ever learns how to play basketball, Ty. <laughs> imagine. Take us back to Henry Cavill and uh, whatever those celebrities singing Imagine. At
1: the oh, my God. <laughs> what a callback. Um, but as you mentioned, we have not recorded since any of these games were played. So Greece is now 4-0, and and because – The only team they're within a game of anymore is Ukraine and they have the tiebreaker. They have clinched because really, I mean, outside of their breeze to a game against Great Britain without Giannis, Great Britain has been the worst team in in this group by far. A couple of nail biters, man. I mean, I think we expected Greece to do well and they have, but I don't know if – I don't know. We thought maybe they'd lose a game. They almost lost two games and that's before the Ukraine won – They hold on 89-85 against Croatia and also against Italy where they win 85-81. Their first two games, Giannis plays both games of the back-to-back, which we did not see coming. He did not play against Great Britain, so that was the second back-to-back. So he'll only play one in Eurobasket, which is good. But Greece needed it, man, because this would have been an entirely different scenario now if they had lost one of those games. So what were your thoughts on really any of the games, but I think the most interesting ones are against Croatia and Italy here for Greece.
2: It looked—it seemed a little too boxy for me. I know I've, I've said it erroneously in the past about how it saying the bucks instead of the Greek national team, but they look like it. Like they had, especially like look at this Croatia game game one at halftime, you have a 16 point lead. You blow it in the third quarter. <laughs> like, at the end of the third quarter, it's an eight-point game, and they squeak out a four-point victory against Croatia. And then you look at the game against... Real uh, quick,
1: guess what Giannis's plus-minus was in the game?
2: Uh, what, what was it?
1: Plus four. He was the difference.
2: He always is, tied. He Him always and
1: Tyler. Was. That was the Tyler Dorsey game. He dropped 27. We'll have a Tyler Dorsey combo later, but he has on and off been hooping, hooping. But go ahead, Italy.
2: And even in the game against Italy, you have a seven-point lead. At halftime, you don't really put them away. You have a 14-point lead at the end of the third quarter. You just start to fumble it away. You let the teams get back in it. The Italy game was a little bit different than the Croatia game because at, in the fourth quarter, uh, the Greek national team had sort of rested, like they pulled their starters, letting a lot of the bench guys get involved, and that allowed for Italy to start to go on a run. And then eventually, it's like, okay, let's go, let's go finish this off, and it ends up being another four-point victory for the for the Greek team. It seemed like this team was sort of still figuring out how to play together. Because we'd seen like in the warm-ups, the Acropolis tournament, the friendlies, and then World Cup qualifiers, this team was on and off. It struggled a bit. It struggled to find its identity. Obviously, when Giannis was in the game, everything was just like, okay, Giannis, go go be Giannis. And that's like, awesome. They're going to go win by a lot of points because Giannis is Giannis. Uh, best player in the world, according to 2K. Hey, I snuck it in there, Ty. Uh, uh,
1: that's all we're <laughs> talking about, 2K today. Okay.
2: Uh, <laughs> but they seemed a little bit on and off. Like, what, what's their identity? How can you get other people going? They dealt with injuries, like Costas and Taticupo had been uh, out, and then Yorgos Papianas, he is back now, but he missed the first couple games in this hero basket.
1: Yeah, I think his Just, return was Great Britain, which was pretty good timing to help give Giannis the day off, and he he hooped, making 8 of 11 he, shots against GB.
2: Oh, yeah, he was great. He was He's so big, man. He is a massive human being. Like he yeah. takes up size and knows how to use the size, like weaponize your size. Uh, but like what I was saying was, this Greek team had struggled to really find an identity, and that came to a head in these first two games of basket Like you can see the the vision of how they have crisp passing, great defense. Like this is a very very well coached team when it's firing on all cylinders. It is a great team. It is a massive upgrade in terms of coaching that we've seen in this Greek national team in years prior where it was just absolute malpractice when you have a talent like Giannis and you just pound the ball by Nick Kalathis. I'm not going to get mad again. But uh, you see... He's so
1: good, but he's so frustrating. Kalathis. He is,
2: but he's better. He's been better. But my general point is that this team's starting to figure it out. We've seen it in the Great Britain game without Giannis. And now we saw it in this game uh, against uh, Ukraine with Giannis. They know how to play with and without Giannis. They know how to play any style. They know how to defend. They know how to be a cohesive team. That's really the story coming out of these last two games in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I think the injuries definitely play a a big part and have made it more difficult. Um, You know, the Ukraine game is the first time that Giannis and Giannis play together. They didn't start together. Um, so, I, you know, I don't have the exact numbers, but obviously didn't play uh, a ton of minutes together even in that game. So and the hope is that Kostas will be able to return for the final game. Is that Estonia they play uh, yeah. in the final game, their final game of Group C, which, again, not important for Greece. Would expect the honest to probably sit so he can be fresh for the start of the knockout phase when is, there's no losers bracket. Right. It's winner go home, I believe, in the knockout phase.
2: Correct. I'm let, yeah. But there is a third place game.
1: Oh, okay. So yeah, if they get far enough, you get one more game. But it's a, it's win or go home. So, you know, yes. I would I would imagine and there was actually I saw Eric Named reshared a piece from earlier in the process of Mike Budenholzer kinda of talking about the way the Bucks and the Greek team work together and have been in lockstep and he kind of said kind of a lot for Bud to reveal, for him at least. He said it hasn't always been that way. And I was like, Oh, okay. So I think Bud and, and the Greek team and, and um, Dem- is Demetrios yeah Hopefully, I didn't butcher it too bad. The the formerly of uh, CSKA Moscow, now of Fenerbahce, the coach of the Greek national team. I think he's been doing a very good job, and it seems like the Bucks are aligned with him. And Giannis certainly is. Giannis has been the focal point, as he should be. Of it also the Greek helps team. when
2: Josh Oppenheimer is on the coaching staff. Yeah, and John Morris was over the there.
1: I think the Bucks' training staff. I think Suki Hobson has been
2: over there as well. Yes. John Horst uh took in this game. I, I he might have been there previously, I'm not sure. I know Mark Lazary was there this game, Alex Lazary was there. Yep. Who I'm not sure if he has a role with the Bucks anymore, but uh he was Maybe there. Maybe again now, yeah, who knows. Maybe right. again now. Uh Chris Middleton was there. Yeah. There was a there was a rock Still Bucks rocking continue. the cast, sadly. Was he? I didn't see that. Yeah,
1: I think his hand he still had, still had it wrapped up a bit, that left hand. But yeah, well soon, Chris. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, though. You know, I assume Giannis doesn't play, but maybe we get some idea of how they're going to use Costas and Papiannis, probably not together. But Greece has basically done all this without either of their centers until, again, the Great Britain game. So I think that does put the Italy and Croatia close games into some perspective, although it's no excuse like Italy has to go without um, danilo gallinari who we learned is actually probably going to miss the season it seems like yep
2: Torres ACL
1: real career repercussions for a player who'd already slowed down like physically slowed down a lot in recent years that so really sucks to see for he got paid first though yeah he got paid um, many many times I think Gallo got paid but the rooster unfortunately is uh probably out of commission for is quite that a, a nickname? while you yeah
2: the rooster
1: I'm pretty positive let me people off this I don't know man
2: I, I believe you. I'm just questioning. Whatever, continue.
1: Um, no, I just think you know it's been uh, it's been just a, a difficult um, a difficult time for Greece, but they've still managed to go undefeated, which is what counts, and put themselves in a good place to you know make a real run at winning EuroBasket.
2: Yeah, they, they're definitely one of the favorites. Um, you have to put them right up there with Serbia. You have to put them up there with Slovenia, with Germany, with France. These and I uh Spain these powerhouses purely well one because they are a very very well coached team they yeah. I cannot stress this enough it's night and day Huge between difference. the difference between the way this team plays compared to greek national teams of past it's it's so good it's so good tudis has done a fantastic job and his staff at getting this team disciplined on both offense and defense and of course when you have the best player in the world that also happens. yeah uh so combining those two factors definitely makes Greece a powerhouse. I think uh, there's video of Coach Atutis talking to his team after the game about how there's now expectations for you. Like, you are expected to go very, very far in this tournament, and you have to be prepared for that. You cannot fall under the pressure of expectations. And I think that's a good way to go about it because this team does have expectations. One, because Giannis is there. That's automatically going to have expectations, and two, we've been performing very, very well thus far. Uh, so yeah, like you said, this team is set up to be potentially in a road to gold.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, for sure, to
2: medal, but there's to gold,
1: four games to win to get there for Greece. Uh, not counting again the Estonia game, which doesn't seem like it matters at all at this point. So you got to win all four. I mean, it's the difference between being paper champs and not. But if, if they and Serbia both end up winning, uh, in which we are rooting for Serbia because if Serbia wins, that will put them on the other side of the bracket. And there's a solid shot Greece could see Slovenia on their side of the bracket. So it would be pretty tough if you had to go through Slovenia and Serbia just to make the final. Or maybe it would be one or the other, potentially both as well. Um, But that that would be, and there's there so many potentialities because there are so many groups still up in the air. I think Greece may be the only one that's locked up the top spot so far, since I there's so. there's a tie in record in A and B, and Serbia plays Poland, which I think Serbia is going to be, I'm not that it's going to be odds, but pretty heavily favored there. But if Poland wins, they are the top seed. They're only one game behind, and they would hold the tiebreaker. So, um, no other seeding is as firm as Greece at one right now. So we know where they are in the bracket, but we don't know exactly who will be in the other spots.
2: For sure, should we should we go through potential matchups next?
1: Yes, we should. So I've got so, it typed up. When we went through it, do you also?
2: I I'm I know you do. Okay, uh, I have the bracket though. Yeah. So Greece, as they are number one in Group C, would. In the round of 16, which they're confirmed to go to, would we'll be playing against the fourth team in Group D, which is Serbia. Ty, what are the what are the potentials there? It could either be Israel, it could yep. be Finland, or yep. it could be the Czech Republic.
1: Yes, all depends on how the last game and some tiebreakers and stuff shake out. But it will be one of those three teams. So this is because it's you know only a four-round tournament. This is the only, and I wouldn't even say cakewalk. I think these are capable teams. But these are going to be the only teams where I think Greece should be pretty easily favored to move on.
2: For sure. It's going to be the least contested game, we'll say. Yeah,
1: which, I mean, again, you look at the other side of the bracket, and if one, if only one of Slovenia or Serbia or neither of them end up there, I think some team is going to feel really good about being able to go through. Greece should feel really good about this game, but after this, it's going to get a lot tougher.
2: Yeah, so after this game, they would play the winner of B2 and A3 and tie one of those potential teams. So on one hand,
1: it could be Spain, Montenegro, or Belgium for A3. All of those teams still in line. Probably more likely to be Montenegro or Belgium, but it could be Spain. And on the other side, you're looking at one of Germany, Slovenia, or France. So, you know, maybe people listening might think Germany, they're probably not that good. Germany's had a really nice tournament. They are 3-1, and one, currently leading Group B. So either way, I think we would lean to expect Germany, Slovenia, or France, whoever it is, to be the team facing Germany – or Greece, excuse me. And that Wouldn't is –
2: Slovenia be leading Group B right now because they just beat Germany?
1: Uh, since it's a three-way tiebreaker, I wonder if there's something else. I'm just looking at the display on the Eurobasket site and they have Germany in one. I do not know why. Okay. We'll figure it
2: out. But it's still up up for grants this season.
1: Correct. Yes, it is. So Germany, it could be Germany, Slovenia, or France. So we expect that it will be one of those three teams. And none of them are, are easy by any means. I think probably Germany easier than Slovenia or France, but still not an easy team. So I think as soon as round two, you know, maybe you see a Montenegro, Belgium, or Germany, but you could also see Slovenia, France, or Spain. So... This is where it starts to get really contested
2: games. And this is where you get into high-end NBA talent on the yep. other side. Yep. So Germany, Franz Wagner is absolutely killing it for yeah. Germany. He's a
1: good good international ball player with all the stuff he can do.
2: He's so, so good. Slovenia, uh, Goran Dragic, and of course, Luka Doncic uh, have been doing great stuff. Uh, and for France, you have uh, Rudy Gobert. Who else? Who else is on France? Evan Fournier. Uh, excuse me. And then Germany. Germany also has Dennis Schroder, who technically is an NBA. Yeah, presumably
1: uh, at some point will be an NBA player again, certainly has NBA experience.
2: Yes. Uh, but that's that's a lot, a lot of talent on that team, uh, on all of those teams, especially like Slovenia. They're the defending Eurobasket champions. They have the experience. They have obviously the talent necessary. Luca. I was watching uh, Slovenia versus Germany earlier today, and it, like Luca was just dominant. He was bullying Dennis Schroeder. I felt like it's tough to make me feel bad for Dennis Schroeder, but it, it made me feel a little bad. Yeah, He made me feel a little bad. Every possession he was hunting him, he was posting him up. Dennis Schroeder was trying to do his best. He was waving off help just to get scored on possession after possession. <laughs> and even, there was a drive late in the game where Dennis Schroeder tried to get a step on Luca and try to give him some payback. Luca swatted the shot. He was like, "What are you trying to do here?" I'm like, "Six six." Uh, no, he's like six, seven, six, eight actually. But it's Slovenia is absolutely loaded in terms of talent. We've seen them struggle at points, though. They do have a loss. They lost to Bosnia and Herzegovina, uh, who has Yusuf Nurkic among amongst other players.
1: Nurkic is Nurkic is having a hell of a summer too. I think if you're a Portland fan, you're feeling good about how he looks after that new contract was given out.
2: For sure for sure i've always I've always been a fan of Nurkic. it's like uh, the play- players who can get like five by five games that's incredible it is fun he's the last five by five in the NBA he be it like three years ago now at this point I think uh, now, I thought he was
1: fast. cooked but he's he's proven me wrong this summer
2: no he definitely is obviously it's a little lower standard of competition compared to the NBA but it's still highly competitive basketball yeah uh as we've discussed on previous episodes of this podcast but just all of this is to say that the second round matchup for Greece is going to be tough. To yeah. Get there, obviously, but it's going to be very tough. You could see them losing. They could be potentially facing Slovenia. You could see Giannis versus Luca in round two. Yeah. One of those two could potentially not even make it to the semifinal.
1: Really, just continuing the Greece team being Bucks Mediterranean, running into like the best player they're going to see in the second round. Very Bucks thing to do.
2: Yes. Uh, and if we want to go further than that, Stanley you could potentially final. yeah, you could potentially see Serbia in there. Yep. Like you mentioned earlier, Ty, uh, Serbia versus Poland on Wednesday or Thursday Wednesday is gonna decide uh who is uh one and two in group D. If Serbia wins they're one. If Poland wins they're one and the other is two. Uh, so, if Serbia does lose that game, they are a D2 and could make it to the semifinals. They would be on the same side of the bracket as Greece. Yep. And you could, you could, there is a potential path for uh, Giannis of the Greek national team to have, okay, like a get, get as much of a gimme as you can get in round one. And then you have to face Luka and then you have to face Jokic. That yeah. is a real possibility.
1: Yeah. And, and even. Either via an upset or Serbia being on the other side of the bracket, the more likely teams, I believe it's A1, so one of Spain or Turkey, who have both been, you know, cons- are consistently good, especially Spain, and Turkey's been really nice this summer. I think their only loss this group was to Sandro Mamukelechivelli's Georgia, who we'll touch on in a second, how the Georgian team is doing. Uh, not great is the quick version, but we'll go over their chance to make the knockout round it is still possible um but yeah it's you know spain or turkey being the easier option still shows you it's a hell of a bracket of course you know this is three round this is the third round two rounds in for everybody there could be plenty of upsets it could be some other you know whatever team that makes it through but and then you know that team would have beat a spain or a turkey so it's not going to be easy by any means by round three
2: yeah, and it's not like this is a series or anything where you uh, like. It's right. more likely for the more talented team to win and the better team to win. That's why. That's why I like series in yeah. terms of like playoff settings. Yeah,
1: like, obviously can't do it for this, but yeah, it does give you more of a certainty.
2: Yes, but in this, it's single game elimination. It's like March Madness, man. It
1: is, it even is, the, the is. qualification being so fast. Like there was a shot before they who they win against the last game. I don't think it—maybe it was Germany, but there was a chance Slovenia could have gotten knocked out.
2: Yeah, if they didn't beat Germany, there was a chance that they could have been not advancing past the group stage in this tournament. Oh, yeah, because
1: they they don't have the tiebreaker against Bosnia. So they would have been 2-2 in fighting for fourth there. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: So there, there was a chance that Slovenia didn't make it. Like this is, a, it is a very highly competitive, intense tournament. Yeah, uh, and it's going to be very, very interesting to see. So, uh, just to just to recap the bracket a little bit here, there is a chance, uh, like I mentioned earlier, that you see Luca mm-hmm. in uh, round two and then Serbia in game three. However, that is probably unlikely. Yeah, uh, I would pick Serbia, and I think you would as well tie to beat Poland. Uh, in their last matchup, which would put Serbia on the other side of the bracket. The only chance Greece would have to see Serbia in the tournament would be in the finals. I need that rematch. That'd be be so good because they did play, like you mentioned, in the World Cup qualifiers, and Serbia won that game in overtime. But uh, also, if Slovenia finishes first in their group or third in their group, they will also be on the other side of game. I
1: track. was going to say it could flip from very hard to okay, now it's actually disappointing if Greece doesn't get to the final.
2: Yes. So you you if you are if you're a Greek national team fan, you are rooting for uh, Slovenia to either be 1 or 3 and you are rooting for Serbia to win their game against Poland.
1: If you're a basketball fan, you're rooting for one team on each side, I think. I would love to see Giannis well, versus three Luka. Teams. Uh, One team on each side of the bracket from Greece's perspective.
2: Oh, okay. Because
1: Giannis versus Luka and Giannis versus Jokic in the same run would be awesome. Yeah, I'm down for it. I know it's a hard road and I would love Greece to get gold. I think it'd be amazing. I know we have a lot of Greek listeners who tune in all the time, but especially now. Rooting for you guys, really. I mean, everyone knows how I feel about easiest, easiest path. It'd be great if Greeks got gold and I would celebrate it no matter who they had to play. But I would also love to see Giannis versus Luka and Giannis versus Jokic in probably potentially back-to-back games. Maybe not.
2: Potentially. Uh, rather unlikely, but it is a possibility. Uh, is there anything else we need to touch upon on the bracket?
1: Um, I mean, we can talk about Georgia in a second, but I think uh, yeah. you know, the Greek team in general, I think it's still going to all come down to the perimeter players. Tyler Dorsey has been hooping. Kalaitis oh, yeah, yeah. had his moments. we we'll talk about him
2: more later. But yeah, yeah. Tyler Dorsey's been absolutely incredible. Slukas had some games. Yeah, you look at game two for Greece against Italy. That is the that's that's the Tyler Dorsey game. He goes off for twenty three points. Obviously, he's not the leading scorer. We say Tyler Dorsey game. Obviously, second to Giannis because he, he tied him
1: in that game. I think.
2: No, Giannis outscored him by two. Oh, really? Yeah, Giannis had twenty five and Dorsey had twenty three. Oh. But he was 6 of 10 from the field, all of it from three-point range, and then 5 of 7 from the free-throw line. He was a scoring machine. That continued in their game against Great Britain, where Giannis did not play. Tyler Dorsey led—no, oh, no, that did not—that did not—what am I thinking? (laughs)
1: And also, no, you're you're thinking of the first two games. In the oh, Croatia yeah, game, yeah. Yeah. he tied Giannis. They both had yes. 27 yes. points. I got it. I got so that. So he time. was a flamethrower the first two games, and then good in in the no, not as good against Great Britain. But that was the game where Slukas, Kalaitis, I think Papa Nikolaou picked up a little bit. And I think those guys are going to be what it comes down to for and Greece. And Papa
2: Giannis, Papa Giannis was the second. Oh yeah, Papa Giannis
1: was really good against GB. It's a good call. But yeah, yeah but I think Sluk- it's
2: Lucas went off. That's uh, that's who Eugene was really looking towards. In, uh yeah in our previews with him about like some guy who's going to really step up. It's going to be Lucas. And he did show up in that game against great Britain, 21 points, eight of 10 shooting. Uh, at one point, I think he missed both his shots, like in the second half. So first half, he was perfect from the field. He's got a Ridicu- nice touch, dude. Ridiculous shooting.
1: He's been streaky, but when he's on, he's really on, but that's what he worries also- me.
2: He has a good sense of the floor, though. Like he's not making bad decisions, even when he's missing shots and it's not on. He's not like he's not conceding just by taking shots. He's making good decisions. He can read the floor well. You can put the ball in his hands and ask him to create not only for himself but for others. He's been he's been excellent.
1: Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, But no, not not too many other thoughts on Greece. I think I'm just really excited for the knockout phase because I think. You know, it seems like for better and for worse, we're going to get pretty good games every time. Because even when Greece has been the better team, they have not made the games boring, Uh, which, again, not really a compliment, but it does help with watchability. So I think even the first game, I would guess, will be pretty competitive, even if Greece does end up winning pretty convincingly by the end.
2: For sure. And we sort of expected the group stage to be a little more of not not as entertaining. But it, it has been entertaining.
1: Yeah. Which again, we good to, and a bad thing.
2: Yeah, we get to see we get to see close games and we get to see Giannis dominant. Yeah. More I will say
1: I think I feel good about the chances against either Slovenia or Serbia. Slovenia just because Greece has been, I think, at least as good so far throughout the stages or the stage. And Serbia being able to have hopefully both of Kostas and Papianis, and the game being, I think it'll be at a neutral site, not in Belgrade. Should make a huge difference I in think, Greece, Serbia. I
2: believe it's in Germany.
1: That sounds right. So yeah, I know they're in Italy right now. They hosted this stage, yeah. but I do think Germany is hosting? Well, the, the
2: group stage is taking place in different venues. Yeah, yeah. Per group. Yeah, Italy's hosting believe, this group. Yeah, and I believe the knockout stage takes place in Germany. Right. So it will be a neutral site, aside from you know Germany, but yeah, <laughs> that's going to happen.
1: Yeah, Germany hosts from September 10. You're to not, not going to host
2: EuroBasket outside of Europe.
1: No, it's got to be somebody. But yeah, it's a a big advance. So if they do get Germany in round two, that's again going to be a a tough a tough team to play because you're basically playing them at home.
2: For sure, Giannis and Janis and Mo Wagner.
1: Oh God, that's gonna don't get ejected too fast, Giannis.
2: Yeah, control yourself. You know, we got, is he on the roster actually?
1: I uh, could not tell you. Have not caught too much of Germany. I just know they've been doing well.
2: He's not. He's not on the oh,
1: roster. Oh, so, okay. So, I like their chance against Germany then. It was getting a little touch and go there for a second.
2: Yeah, their NBA guys are Dennis Schroeder, Franz Wagner, Daniel Tice. Um, that's it. Yeah. Va- Wagner's been. And Schroeder's
1: a good good overseas player, too.
2: Yeah. But Va- Wagner's been the guy, though. Franz yeah. Wagner. Uh but yeah, that's uh, one last thing on the Greek national team, though. Okay. And this is something we probably should have discussed earlier. What do you think of Giannis?
1: Mm. Uh, I've actually been really excited about he's working more out of the post and having to do it through contact and through pretty much constant double teams. And I think while obviously the competition level is higher in NBA, I actually think it's really hard to do to play the way he plays in European basketball where – feels more physical like they watch uh gather steps and stuff more quickly there's no gather step they watch travels more carefully I think it's going to be good for him in the long run to get some of these posts like he's done a lot of like hook finishes and everything and that's the kind of stuff I want to see Giannis do more especially if there's a mismatch if they do put you know the Jay Crowders of the world on him and we've seen him you know he can blow past pretty much everybody now but the fact that he's doing some of this more traditional post game stuff with Greece excites me a lot. Also his passing has been great mid range shooting. And in the group stage, he shot free throws exceptionally well, which is always good to see as well.
2: Yeah. The three, the three ball hasn't really been there in the group stage, which is earlier. We're used to this. Friendlies. Yeah. Yeah, it's, It's on and off, but he's, he's looked so good operating with little space operating, uh, out of what the defense gives him, like how are they how are they trapping him? Are they going to just uh, how, where are the body's coming from? He's been looking so so crisp. I'm trying not to get super excited about MV MV three coming this season, uh, but I I I think it might because he he looks ridiculous. Like we yeah. we talk about him putting up 41, and it's like yeah whatever, like yeah it's honest. But the way in which he's dissecting defenses is ridiculous. Like there was one play in this game against Ukraine where they trapped him at half court because they wanted the ball out of his hands. And he just went around everywhere. Like the entire team. And then he was at the ring in four seconds. Like you're, you're getting doubled at at half court. He, and 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 you're still winding your way through the defense. Like what?
1: And also, I mean, again, it's like some of the, okay, you can get around the Ukrainian team. Like it's okay. I mean, again, against all five guys or whatever, it's still really impressive. I also like how much he's finished through contact, which I think that's something that transfers to any level. I mean, guys practice that with, like, assistant coaches with, like, body bags or brooms or whatever. Like, doing that, I think, is good. And, you know, obviously, Giannis, it's not new to him getting fouled, but it does feel like he is getting his shots on those fouls, like, a lot closer and putting a lot of them in. Again, not like Giannis never got and once before. It's not totally new, but I have liked... You know, he's done a lot of difficult finishes, and it almost feels like some of these games, you know, maybe not too much, but it almost is like, I'm going to work on this this game.
2: Yeah. Plus, I will say his jump hook. That, yeah. That's, that's what I'm I saying. I, I love game. the post stuff. Yeah. yeah. I know that that was a lot. Like last year, he introduced a the yeah. jump hook even more mm-hmm. uh, in the NBA, but this, it's just keeps on building on it. That's like, you can't do anything against a Giannis jump hook. Like, if, no. if, he, if you body him and he, like, Let's say the defender doesn't move and he just wants to shoot a jump hook. He'll get that shot every time. Yep. And that's also... You can't do anything about that. That's going to be... freaking Taco Fall, which (laughs) is China. (laughs) That is also
1: going to be a very important shot for Giannis as he ages. And we're far from that now. But that's how if he wants to go for like some longevity stuff and, and other records and whatever and, you know, rack up hardware, you know, not to directly compare because obviously there's a skill level difference there in terms of hook shots, but that's how Kareem was able to play so long, right, is that his game boiled down to nobody can really contest this and I can still shoot it really well and get up and down the floor, so I'll just continue to score 20 a game until I'm like 40 or however old Kareem was. So that's uh, an important shot for Giannis in the long term as well as right now. It's something, you know, the more stuff you can do, the bigger the bag, the better, and Giannis' is deepening, which is always good to see.
2: For sure. Also, uh his his ability to find space off yeah. the ball yeah. has been really, really nice.
1: And and the passes he's made in heavy traffic have been really good oh too, my I would goodness. say. Yeah. He both finds TA for a ball. couple every every game. They're just like, oh my god.
2: Yeah. Well that a lot of that is incorporated. Like there's he had a nice dump off to TA in the dunkers, but yep. yeah, that's straight out of the Bucks playbook. Yep. And those obviously because they're both on the roster. Yeah.
1: It's uh, a lot of fouls for Ta in the in the group. He's he's itself.
2: trying his best Ty. A lot, I mean, lot of, of fouls live. for Ta. He's doing his best.
1: <laughs> let's not did, let's not do this. Did you see my comparison tweet? I did not. I said uh, Giannis is to scoring as Thanasis is to fouling. Truly, <laughs> oh, <generational>. that's
2: unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> that's unnecessary. He's
1: generational. What do you want? Let's do Georgia, and then Georgia. we have a, a basically a, a "Would you rather" via question I got on Twitter uh, that we'll tackle last, and I'll I'll pull up who asked me. I'll be a good a good person, but or a, a good podcast host. Well,
2: but, good, yeah, responsible
1: Georgia? sourcing. But yeah, Georgia in a tough spot. Go ahead and, and talk about Georgia.
2: So obviously, Giannis and Thanasis are not the only bucks participating in EuroBasket. Sandra Mama Kayla's really is uh he, he's playing for Georgia. Georgia's struggling a bit. Uh, they are currently one in three in their group. However, they still do have a shot to make it to the knockout stage if they uh, if they beat Montenegro, Montenegro. Yeah. and Belgium beats Bulgaria. Georgia is fourth. That's the only way in. It's the, yeah, exactly. There's there's one way. Shout out, Doctor Strange. <laughs> uh, it's been it's I would say it's up and down. It's mostly been down. Yeah, for Georgia. So in game one, they get so close to beating Belgium, they lose by three in overtime, where you have uh, where you have Mamu in this game playing 39 minutes and 40 seconds out of a possible 45 minutes in the game. Drops 18 points at 7 of 10 shooting, including 5 of 7 from 3. 13 boards, ri- too. Ridiculous. Yeah, 13 boards, 2 assists. Did have 4 fouls, though. Only 3 turnovers, 2 blocks. It's a plus two in the game? Yeah, he was. He was the only really guy who had it going, aside from uh, McFadden for Georgia, who also had seventeen on less efficient shooting. But it's clear the talent isn't really there for Georgia. But yeah. Mamu is starting to show out a little bit. Yeah, like Shen,
1: Shengeleia Shen has missed I think every game in the group stage, and um, Goga Batazde missed uh, quite a few of them, most of them. So that he missed and,
2: one and a half.
1: One and a half. But even with, I think, all of those guys, still there's a bit of a talent disparity. This is a pretty tough group. Probably the toughest top to bottom. Or probably the second toughest the second, top to bottom. Second. Yeah, Second toughest top to bottom. Uh,
2: but you see, like, in their second game, they get absolutely blown out by Spain, 90 to 64. Yeah. Which is just like, oh my goodness. Mama only plays 26 minutes. Not his best showing. 10 points on 12 shots. Just... Not not really, not really there for him he does get nine boards, but and he doesn't have any fouls, but like you're you're just not seeing a massive massive impact from mamu like this is this is the problem with mamu when the when it's on, it's on when it's off, it's like, oh my goodness, what is going on
1: here yeah yeah, uh-huh. and then the third game was the the money game for Mamu and Georgia so far.
2: Yeah, they they beat Turkey, which is a massive upset, 88 to 83 in overtime, double overtime, excuse yeah. me, uh, where you have uh, Mamu and Shengu and just going at each other back to back baskets like in the end of regulation, end of OT. You end up with Mamu hitting the game winning three, what ends up being the game winning three for Georgia. He misses five minutes and 12 seconds of this game. He plays 44 minutes and 48 seconds of this double overtime game, which is ridiculous. Put the team on his back too. Absolutely did. Uh puts up twenty points on seventeen shots. Uh gets twelve rebounds. Only has one assist, but he was doing all of the scoring. Yeah. And he was just he was everywhere. Clutch what your, shots. What are your thoughts on that? Oh let me let me go through the fourth game. They lost to Bulgaria by twelve points, which is a game you really should win. Considering Bulgaria was winless coming into this game, yeah, they had to. That's a
1: tough, especially with Goga back and playing well, led the team with 21 points.
2: Yeah, and you have Mamu putting up 13 on 11 shots. um, Did have 11 boards and
1: six assists? Yeah,
2: but it's It's, just tough. He was getting he was getting blown out there on defense.
1: It's so tough. Yeah, that's the that's the thing with Mamu is I think offensively he's an NBA player. Like I think he shoots well enough at this point, and you can see. He's got the bursts, he really jumps out on the offensive boards pretty often, even if defensive boards are up and down. He's a he's a solid passer, he's a good ball handler. And what I like about him especially, and even on the Bucks specifically, is this is a guy who can take and knock down open threes, but if you close out hard, he is very comfortable putting the ball on the ground and getting to the rim and he's able to do some stuff there. So I think offensively his skill set is nice and it's, it's NBA level, but defensively is where he's kind of on an Island. Really? I would say a 4.5. Like I don't think he's true center size. He's a little too short. He's nine almost strong enough. Like I think he's pretty strong for, you know, an, an NBA that's really moved away from brute force in a lot of senses, but not the strongest guy. And, I don't know if he's quick enough to guard true wing. So you get to a spot where, you know, defensively, it's like, where can you put him? And especially this is the opposite of offensively. It's a harder fit with the Bucks because a lot of the time, you know, I want to see Mamu and Giannis play together. I think after seeing the way he's played in a lot of these games, I want to I want to see how it works. I want him to get real minutes with the real Bucks. It feels like we've really only seen him like in summer league here with Georgia or, okay, no one's playing. It's like, you and Jamarcus Smart shooting, or Javante Smart, excuse me, <laughs> shooting a thousand times each. It's we don't learn that much. Like we know what Mamu can do against lower competition or in, in junk games. I want to see him like play with Chris Giannis for you know ten minutes and see what happens in a game. I want to see that yeah. a couple games, not just once. But defensively, you'd probably want to put him a lot of the places you're already putting Giannis because we know the Bucks like to put Giannis on trying to think of a good example. You know, somebody who you're like, yeah, he's he's kind of you don't want to walk too far away, but if you're making a play, it's fine like DJ Tucker. Yeah, or even I'm trying to think of just like wings Paul or like Millsap. whatever. Paul Millsap, yeah. Davis Berton sometimes. Oh, That God, that God. one gets scary with Giannis, yeah. but but let's, guys, let's
2: not let's not do that.
1: one. Guys like that though, and I just like you could you could always put Giannis somewhere. Deandre else. Hunter. Like Giannis can handle going on better guys, but it your defense at least has been geared around Giannis taking those guys and then roaming. So
2: it, Cam Reddish.
1: Yeah, you can put anyone on Cam, put me on Cam Reddish.
2: No, that's not. Yeah. Also, can be, I I'd, can I kill the can I kill the, the? You know what the Cam Reddish trade request reminds me of? What? It reminds me of the Amon Schumper trade request from the Cavaliers like five years ago. At this point, like bro, they're probably trying to trade. I don't you know already. why you Bucks fans want me. him. It's tr-
1: he's not good. It's like. Why don't why, – where is the hubbub over – who is the – Jarrett Culver? Because uh, yeah. clearly it's just a draft stock thing. Cam Reddish thinks. He's not good. And if you want to – oh, we want to develop a wing. You have a wing to develop in MarJon Beauchamp, who's probably right now better than Cam Reddish because, again,
2: Cam Reddish is not good. I don't care about exact. Cam Reddish. Exactly. just No, people saw the the scoring outburst in one game of the playoffs with the Hawks and were like, oh, my goodness, this guy's a big deal. Well, maybe try to replicate that, like, maybe over an entire game. Or All, how about almost, a week? Also, Give it a week. Like, do it, like, two games in a row, Cam. It's just a red
1: flag that I think the Knicks will and the Hawks already gave up on him. Like, teams yeah. do that Teams do that for a reason. The Hawks had three young wings to choose between, and Reddish was the first one they got rid of. Yeah. It's not a good sign.
2: No, just, just – they're, they're probably trying to trade you already, Cam. You didn't need to request it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, back to Mamu. Yeah, the yeah. problem with Mamu, in my opinion, is that he is a three on offense and a five on defense, and that doesn't work.
1: <laughs> I think it would almost work better if he was a five on defense, a true five. He's, I'm he's not like sure if he five. is.
2: He's a four five on defense.
1: I think he's a 4.5 and not in a good way. Like, he's not a yeah. four slash five. I think Giannis is a four slash five slash everything. Like, he can do ask Giannis to do almost anything.
2: Giannis I think is a Mamu, two through five on defense.
1: Yeah. But Mamu is like... I just don't know. And I think, honestly, it's more likely that he ends up a 4 than a 5 based on what the Bucks ask their 5s to do. But I, I want to see it now. I want to see him play with the real players more because he's impressed me that much, which is going into the season, I was like, ah, we'll see if he does something really crazy with the herd or whatever. Now I'm like, no, I would like them to actively show me tape of Mamu with starters just to see how it looks because I do think he's flashed enough that I say – Maybe there is something really, really interesting here. Which the I think, talent's
2: clearly there. Yeah. It's clearly there. It's abundantly clear it's there. But this has been my stance on Mamou for as long as he's been a buck. It's just I don't see it in Milwaukee.
1: I'm not sure anymore. I mean, I think if he's good enough, you could figure see, it out. I don't
2: see it with Giannis.
1: I, I think you could. I think especially if we're in a post-Brook Lopez world in a year or two. That's
2: and different. you have some big I minutes if, if, you have Gian, if you have Giannis playing the five. Then Mamu can
1: play, yeah, or Bobby. One of the two needs to play more fights. Uh, I
2: think. I think it's Giannis
1: more. Than yeah, Bobby. I think it probably is too. But whatever.
2: Uh, if you, Bobby Mamu front court scares me. Well,
1: oh, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, that you wouldn't work the rotation that way. That's for sure. But I, I think he's impressed me enough that I want to see more.
2: True. I, I again, I want to see it as well. I want to see what you've got. Like, I didn't just, care that I didn't. I wasn't as
1: motivated to see more previously,
2: but he's but been really good way, with Georgia. Yeah. The way he's been showing out and putting up points like in these type of competitions, absolutely, you have to see what you've got. Give it a shot. Yeah. Okay. Ty, let's let's bring up the question. Who asked you the question? Ty?
1: Jacob underscore Abdul. Jake on Twitter. I was tweeting. So John Horace went to the game and I said Horace had to get out there to see Dorsey in person, because of course we have been advocating for the Bucks acquire Tyler Dorsey. Challenge, which he is currently a two-way player with the Dallas Mavericks and Jacob underscore Abdul Jake says so if the Mavs say they will trade him, but for Mamu would you do it if you were horsed and going if I knew if I didn't have any updated on info on Mamu this summer, but I saw Dorsey play, I would have said yes my response was no. But Dorsey is a much better fit on the Bucks than Mamou, in my opinion. But I wouldn't after what Mamou has done this summer. Because I think Dorsey has flashed that he can be a good complementary player around Giannis, which is valuable. Mamou has flashed that he can carry a team against real competition, which is what he did against Turkey. And they won that game against you know Shang-Oun, Osman, Shane Larkin, a lot of NBA players, a good it's a good, team. A good, a good team, team in Eurobasket. For
2: some reason my Twitter timeline is full of shang highlights and I don't know what I'm doing wrong. It's the
1: nerds, that. the nerds are just obsessed with shang Mamu better. No, but
2: it's just like all the recommended Mamu videos are be look better. at what shang doing. Like I know. what I
1: what did I do? There's a there's a shang hive and now there's the the hoopers hate him now. Of course. Is not Elperin Al- shang becoming divisive is Really shows us the state of discourse where nothing can just exist. There's got to be two sides that make everything polar. Alper and Shengun being polarizing is disgusting. A disgusting indictment <laughs> we, of our time.
2: We really need NBA basketball.
1: <laughs> I, it's, I think it, I don't know if it's going to change, but what, what's your take on do- trading straight up Mamou for Tyler Dorsey, who has also um,
2: shown out? If I'm if I'm John Horst, I say yes right away. Yeah. Right away, I say yes to that trade. And you, you gave me the rationale. Like you said, my reason. Yeah, he yeah. will fit better on this Bucks team than Mamu. This is not a slight to Mamu. I, like I said, Mamu, I think is a very, very talented player. And everything you said is correct. He has shown that he has the ability to carry a team. Like he has been leading this uh, a Georgian team. He can do that. The Bucks don't need that. The Bucs really don't need that. They have a guy who, two, two guys who have shown that they can carry a team offensively. And can play defense one more than the other. Uh, one way more than the other. Sorry, Chris. Get well soon, Chris. So they have they three guys. Defense. My God. Three guys. Yes.
1: Yeah. Also, that Giannis yeah. guy has shown that, too.
2: Yes, but I'm also saying I, – I was saying Giannis. Oh,
1: around Giannis. Okay.
2: Yeah. No, I'm saying in general, Giannis and Chris are two guys who can carry oh. a team offensively.
1: You're carrying the uh – the anti-Drew sentiment from our pod with Numak, I see.
2: Oh, no, no. I love Drew. Drew, I love you. You cannot carry a team offensively. Are you going to fight me on that time? No. I don't exactly. think Chris
1: can carry a team by himself either. But let's not get into this again. They both yes. need help. They both need help around them, as every player yes.
2: does. Exactly. The Bucks do not necessarily need what Mamu provides offensively, but they would love to have what Tyler Dorsey provides offensively. Here's my counter
1: what world is a two way player going to play real minutes anywhere
2: i mean that's the crux of it right like it doesn't matter at the end of the day well that that's because- why i lean mamu though
1: because i think tyler dorsey's top end result is like a good role player mamu's top top end result to me is more than that and that's why i would rather if we're talking higher about a guy in a two-
2: higher floor but but why if we're talking about a guy in a two way contract let's say, let's say you get a let's say you get Injuries at guard. Like we know that they've struggled with at finding their two guard for a while. Like let's say Grayson gets hurt and like you need an offensive spark. Who are you turning to? Wes Matthews? Well, Marjon
1: Bochamp, one of George Hill, I, or Javon Carter. You J- want Joe like,
2: Ingalls? Sure. And Joe Joe Ingalls is a scoring punch as a two, which does not. Whatever. I'm not relitigating this. Uh George Hill is not going to be an offensive scoring punch. He can't really provide that. He's more of a floor general than a scorer. Tyler Dorsey's a scorer.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't think if there's one. I don't think we're one injury away from Tyler Dorsey playing minutes on the box. No, if he was
2: obviously player. not. And we're not one injury away from seeing Mamu get real rotation spot. No, but that players. that's so. But my point is,
1: I'm. That's why I'm not. I'm not factoring it as much. Like clearly, in a world where you're saying we need a player to step in sooner, Dorsey is better, but. But then,
2: what's the the timeline for Mamu, though? Like, where do you see it going? Like,
1: next year, two years from now, as the core around Giannis ages, and you just need more good players to step in and, and like, you know, provide a spark, provide value, production.
2: And you don't think Tyler Dorsey can do that?
1: I think Mamu's ceiling is higher.
2: That's fair. So,
1: that's entirely my thing, is with this two way spot. And I certainly see the argument for develop Tyler Dorsey, who's, you know, just 26 years old. And get him going. Mom was 23. It's not that much of a, ju- a difference, although it is a difference in age. But you could, you know, maybe next year, maybe two years, maybe let's say next year for Dorsey, maybe he can step in and be like where Javon is now in the rotation if George Hill is gone, probably will be, or some other players. Wes Matthews maybe doesn't come back. Who knows? I, I see the case. I think there's there's more chance that within one year, so like by, you know, the next NBA season, not this one coming up, Tyler Dorsey is probably more likely to contribute for the Bucs and this season. But I think I'd rather roll the dice and see, you know, can Mamu really build on this and really take like a true step and be, you know, I don't think a star, but like a plus rotation player? Maybe. And if he can, I I want to roll the dice on that because those are really hard to find. And if you can get one, you know, you'd have – uh, he'd be at early bird rights, I think, after this year if he plays some NBA games. So you have ways to keep him. Uh, I'm really intrigued by that if I'm the Bucs.
2: That's totally fair. Like, this is close. Yeah. I will say it is close. Let us know what you think.
1: I would do anything to trade AJ Green in some future second for Dorsey. God, I
2: can't believe he's still on a two way, man.
1: Yeah. That
2: was like day one of free agency, wasn't it?
1: It's sad for a guy Lindell who really showed out in summer league. We'd like him back too, but Dorsey over Lindell. Just,
2: how do you? How has that not been done yet?
1: Yeah. Well, hopefully, maybe a herd player next season.
2: But have AJ Green be a herd player? No, I
1: know, I know. I'm just saying, as it stands right now.
2: Give us Lindell. Sorry, no, no offense to AJ Green, but give give us Lindell.
1: Did you see the herd trade of Javon Delorier? Yeah, for a scorer on the OKC Blue. I talked to our OKC buddies. They don't love him.
2: Delorean?
1: No, the uh, Rob Thomas, I think his name is, or whoever.
2: I don't know. I don't know what the herd are really doing.
1: It's and, and they it. they traded down too. They traded this uh, this year's first from South Bay for OKC's second next year.
2: Yeah,
1: and this is it's, you should you should look at it more as like the NFL draft because there's multiple rounds and it's not like the NBA draft where a first is super valuable. But I don't love that trade so far. Maybe you know the, the new player will prove me wrong, but I like Javon Delorean a
2: lot. Yeah, he he really showed out after I called him out last preseason. He well, we both did.
1: We both did. But yeah, he was great. God, defensively. He was so bad. I would not I mean, be shocked if he if he ended up being a Thunder player at some point. Center is
2: could. yeah, I'm, I'm rooting hard for. Him. I think
1: center is probably their weakest position if you project forward on the guys they have right now. Assuming Chet is like kind of in between and also Chet's, not playing Chet's this more year. Of a four. I think so too.
2: But he, anyway, he certainly has the length to play the five.
1: Yeah, we're we're deep into OKC Thunder and and Hurd now. Any other thoughts on Dorsey, Georgia, Greece,
2: Mamu? It's fun. I like it. Yeah, this Fing- is a lot of fingers fun. fingers
1: crossed that Georgia makes it in. I don't know how how deep they'd be able to go, but that'd be fun to see more Mamu this summer because he's really 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 impressed. I think in his time with Georgia.
2: No, it'd be great if he is. Uh, if he, if Georgia does make it, what group are they? They are in group A. They would be A4, and they would play B1.
1: So, yeah, it gets tough is right away.
2: The group of death. They would probably see an, an exit in round one.
1: Yeah. Like or it's either Serbia or Poland, right? No, no. Oh, no, no, team. no. no. Would, it's Germany, Slovenia, Ger- France. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. They would play either Germany, Slovenia, or France. And it's like, okay, have fun, Georgia, uh, with the rest of your summer. Way to perform.
1: Yeah. Also, to answer I'm your question, a mom who goes nuts. To answer your question earlier from that group, I don't know why Germany is in one because they don't lead in point differential or really anything that I can see. But I think because they beat France and Slovenia beat Germany, they just threw them all there because it's just going to depend on the last game. But like not – one of those teams has not beat the other two.
2: True. Got it. And
1: I don't think it's It's possible for them to at this point. No. Oh, yes, it is. If Slovenia beats France, it is. Oh, you're right. So if Slovenia wins, they are one no matter what. Yeah.
2: Yeah, we'll see. Uh, it's going to be exciting, though. Rest of Europe best continues. Also, we didn't mention this. ESPN Plus.
1: Yeah, so all the it. games. It's been good. It's been a good streaming experience for me. I've had, like, no issues at all, no legs. So. Like, ten ten what, bucks what, for the month, I ten think. Ten bucks?
2: Yeah. yeah. Ten bucks for a month. I got it. I canceled it right away. So
1: Go back <laughs> and read been... some Zach Lowe. Watch some detail while you've got it. Some neat NBA content behind the, the paywall.
2: For sure, for sure. Maybe I'll keep it. We'll see how we'll see how I, I'm not gonna endorse Disney. Who cares?
1: Yeah, yeah. They'll be fine um, without yeah, our, They'll be fine. They Unless can they can pay us if they want us, us to pay us. Yeah. Pay us and
2: then I'll talk more about you, Disney. Yeah. Uh but yeah, that's that's all we have here, isn't it, Ty? Yeah, it is. Uh oh, the herd dropped their schedule, didn't they, recently?
1: They did. Um they're doing the same regional thing for the first games, the showcase cup, which will culminate in Vegas, those games don't count towards standings. Then they play a 32-game regular season schedule. After that, so the first 18, I believe, are all uh, until the until the Showcase Cup are all regional games against like uh, Windy City, uh, Fort Wayne, etc. I think the Motor City. I think is Detroit's team now. Yeah. And when's, the, when's the home opener? November something.
2: November it's against something? Windy think, City. It should be fun. I think it's the fourth, I believe.
1: That sounds right.
2: I'll- I think I'm going to try my best to be there. Rohan's going to be at the
1: home opener. Breaking news. I hopefully yeah. will. Yes. It's wedding season for me this fall, so I'm, I'm going to have some scattershot availability early, but I'm hoping I'll be at that game. It's a Friday. Uh, they don't play the Ignite team this week, which is not fun.
2: No.
1: This year they don't? This year. Yeah, sorry. Definitely not this week, but not this year. <laughs> but they got them last year, so.
2: Yeah, that's true. But the, the Ignite are an actual like team now. Like they qualify for playoffs and stuff, right? Yeah, full regular season?
1: I believe so, but I never know, man. Okay. Too much changes in the G every year. It takes me a little while to get used to it every season.
2: El- Ela mending too at In
1: overtime, yeah.
2: Okay, we are deep in the weed now. Let's, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's wrap it up. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the Eurostep Podcast Network. Check out gspn.info for all of our podcasts, whether that's cruising for a bruising whether that's uh, talk of the tundra, whether that's make time for this. Uh, win and six also on this same feed so you don't have to go anywhere. Uh, but yeah, thank you for listening. make sure you are subscribed wherever you're watching or listening to this. Leave a five star rating and review on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, pod Random we will talk to you next time.